I'm John McDougall, and I'm here today with Les Baim, and she is the Senior Marketing and Business Development Manager at Banesh. Hi, Les. Hi, how are you? Really good. So today we're going to talk a little bit in part two on law firm content, social media, and blogging for trust and rankings. And so how important is it is um, social media for increasing trust for attorneys? And at the very least, is it a negative when you click on social media icons and they reveal almost no followers on Facebook and Twitter, et cetera? Yeah, so I'd be happy to talk a little bit about this. Um, I, I personally think that having a strong presence on social media can do really great things for a law firm. Um, I think that it can be used for a lot of different reasons, but especially it can be used to reinforce who your firm is, um, the things that you stand for. It can be used to leverage your thought leadership. It can be used to have an avenue to really talk about the things you're doing in the community. Um, and so, for example, um, here at Benish, some of the things that, that we're doing is we usually stick to three uh, main avenues for our social media, which are Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, we have worked over the past probably two years to really build up our, our presence on those three, and we use them all a little bit differently. Um, we use Facebook for a lot of um, sharing fun things that we're doing here at the firm. So, for example, last week we had um, an internal event that we all wore rock and roll t-shirts for so nice. we took a picture of all of us in our t-shirt and um, you know holding up signs that said Cleveland rocks just you know fun stuff like that that we have going on at the firm as well as we like to use it to talk about um, events that we have that are coming up and kind of create a, a buzz on Facebook by like tagging the organizations that we're working with those events on. Um, we use it to talk about awards that our staff win for client service, um, awards that our attorneys win in the community. Um, we talk about various things that we're sponsoring and um, we do a little bit of thought leadership on there but it's it's very limited because we're using Facebook more as an avenue to um, sort of make a face for who our firm is rather than so much to put out like educational content. Um, and so we use Twitter then for all of that educational content. And so all of our client alerts and bulletins and things we're sending out about, you know, maybe new laws that have been passed, things that our clients need to be aware of. Um, and again, we talk about events that we have coming up and things that we want to invite our clients and friends of the firm to come to. We use Twitter for all of those types of things. And so then LinkedIn is kind of kind of a combination of the two, as well as we use it a lot for recruiting efforts. So whenever we have new jobs posted on our website, we post something on LinkedIn and link back to the website about those positions. Um, and we've so using those three avenues, we've built up uh, quite a good following on social media. We, um, I think between the three, we've probably roughly doubled our presence in the past year or so. Nice. Um, and we've, we've gotten a lot of interaction, you know, be it from organizations that we're partnering with on a sponsorship, um, you know, 
people at referral sources who maybe we're speaking at an event with, whatnot, they're helping us share and like and commenting on our comments and that kind of thing. So we've we've kind of built this presence for ourselves. And then that kind of goes to the second part of your question, which is, is it bad if a prospective client clicks on your social media icon and they see that it hasn't been updated in months or there's nothing there? And I... I personally, I think that is one of the worst things that you could do, and I know that it's hard to keep up with your content sometimes on social media, and and maybe it's not always your, you know, the your main responsibility for that day or whatnot, and it's sometimes hard to make the time to keep your posts current. But I really just I try to stick with the mindset of, you know, trying to post at least one thing a day, as long as it, as it is relevant and something that we want to share. And if not every day, at least, you know, a thing or two a week, just so we make sure that we don't ever get to that point that our, our content is stale. Um, because I think the last thing that we would want is for a, if a prospective client you know, if we came up in a Google search and it was something on our Facebook page maybe and they go there and they see that we haven't posted anything in nine months, I just think that sends the wrong message and says maybe we're not a very involved firm. Maybe, you know, we're not doing a lot of good things here and our attorneys aren't involved in the community or, or whatnot. So um, I think it's really important to keep content fresh and up to date. That sounds like a good strategy and a realistic one to, to keep it, you know, at least reasonably active. And then you can dive in more when you have time. But, um, yeah, I think for the people that aren't going to keep it even minimally active, like you said, maybe once or twice a week is enough where people click on your, your social icons and you look alive within reason. Um, yeah. But, yeah, if you're not going to keep it up at all, you might as well just leave them off until you're, until you're ready. Yeah, or maybe even if it's... If it's a matter of maybe it's too much to have three or four different, you know, things going on. So maybe you want to just focus on Facebook or maybe you just want to have a Twitter feed. And that's kind of a process of saying, well, do we have a lot of educational content, like tons of alerts going out? So maybe we should just do Twitter because people really want to hear those you know, the latest thing happening and news and that kind of thing. And so Twitter is perfect if you have a lot of that kind of content. And maybe if you don't, maybe you have great things going on at your office that you'd be happy to share with the world. And so maybe you want to do Facebook instead. So I think it's kind of looking at what kind of content you have that will help you determine where the best avenue for you is. Because it could be different for every firm. Yeah, that that makes sense. I heard I saw a story um, by Copyblogger recently came in from my RSS feed that uh, Copyblogger is a website that I follow that focuses on helping people write better, better blogging, etc. And they said they recently killed their Facebook page, and they're a big site, a huge one of the top you know uh, writing websites and in, in, on the internet about content marketing and blogging, and. Uh -huh. They, they gave this whole explanation of why they were, were willing to kill a Facebook page with tens of thousands of followers. Um, but they said it just, the reach was negligible at this point, and it just didn't match exactly, you know, back to what your point was, what the, the way that they saw their engagement happening in social was better on the other platforms. So they said, well, let's, you know, we're putting so much time into Facebook for minimal results, 
at least for them, and that's not going to be the case for everyone, at least for that firm, um, they found that, uh, you know, just recently killing Facebook gave them more time to do a better job on the other one. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's case by case, de- depends on the firm, on the type of company, but uh, yeah, don't be afraid to scale it back and do a good job on one or two rather than, you know, feel like you have to just do it because everyone's doing all of them. <clears throat> yep, I absolutely agree. Yeah, and so um, in terms of content marketing, do you feel that attorneys can gain trust by giving of their knowledge through website content? I do, and I don't think necessarily that them creating content is going to be maybe the primary reason that they get new business. I mean, maybe in some cases it could, Um, but what I think that it does is exactly, as you said, it creates sort of that trust for the client or prospective client that the person knows what they're talking about, right? So if they say that they're, you know, an expert in labor and employment law, if they're producing original writing that backs up what is on their bio, you know, and that kind of matches what it is that they are saying that they know, I think that it does build trust within the people that they're working with that, you know, they really are a thought leader in this and they, they're, you know, kind of leading the pack and uh, paving the way and how businesses should be handling these issues. So I do think it's, it's very important and it can help attorneys gain a lot of traction in their practices to produce that type of content. And what about uh, video content? You know, if a, a picture is worth a thousand words and researches indicate that 70% or over 70% of what we communicate is through our tone and body language, not just through our words, doesn't that make uh, images, audio, and video an incredibly important part of influencing website visitors? Yes, I think video can be um, very important and can be really influential in a whole different way um, because, like you said, it does it gives an actual vision of who this person is. You know, even more than just a headshot on a bio or or whatnot. It's actually seeing how they speak and how they interact and um, how they deliver a message. And so we, as a firm, we do have a YouTube channel and we produce. We call them Finish B-Casts, and they're just uh, short, like, three- to five-minute video interviews where one of our partners will interview another one of our attorneys um, on a kind of a hot-button issue, um, and it'll, it'll just be kind of a what-are-the-key-takeaways-on-this-topic sort of interview. Um, but I think that those type of things um, help to really add personality to an, you know, an attorney and to his or her practice, and it gives the person a feel for who you are, you know, and, and your personality, and they can look at that and kind of gauge whether or not, and hopefully it's the whether, um, you are someone that they want to work with. Yeah, no, exactly. Um and what about uh, thought leadership and blogging, and how much does that matter, you know, if you're a B2B firm versus B2C, you know, a consum- consumer attorneys? Do you feel like uh, content marketing in, in, in general is uh, better for one or the other? Um, you know, I, I guess my instinct is that it's probably equally important for both. It's just a little bit different of an approach. 
Um, our our content marketing and blogging is a little, probably a little bit more focused on like, um, I guess like, you know, overall laws and sort of the the bigger picture going on. Whereas, I would think that um, law firms focusing on marketing to particular consumers as opposed to businesses might be a little bit more personal and talking more in like the first person on their blogs and then their content marketing. But I think the ultimate purpose would be the same for both, which is just to demonstrate to people who are out <coughs> browsing around on the web that you um, have a strong background in these areas and that you know the, the content that you're putting out says to them that you are someone that knows what you're doing when it comes to these matters. And because of your your job title where you know senior marketing and also business development manager uh, I'm curious your thoughts in a business development kind of way um, so do you uh, instruct your attorneys or do they do this uh, where say they write a blog post or they do a YouTube video do they then share that when they're reaching out to prospects is there sort of a one-to-one email uh, way to share it, not just on social, not just the search engines are picking up it, up on it. <clears throat> um, what, how, how do you think you can extend that content uh, in your sales processes? Any tips on that? Um, yeah, uh, several <clears throat> things. So we actually, we encourage our attorneys to do a lot of sharing through our firm's platform. So if we post, say, a, a client alert on our LinkedIn company page, then we will let the attorneys who are maybe in that practice area who knew we were putting out this client alert will say, you know, the alert is up on the LinkedIn page, so feel free to go in and share it with your contacts. So we try to be thoughtful and encouraging the attorneys to use the content that's already out there and that's really easy for them to just hit a button and share. Um, We think that, you know, that way it gets that targeted content to, you know, on our firm followers, there may be 100 people that might find that interesting. But there's a good chance that if, you know, Joe Smith is an employment attorney, that many of his followers would find that very interesting. And those are the people that we really want to see it. So we're always trying to get them to use the content we're already producing to get in front of their own audience. And then also, when we send out like an email blast or whatnot, we will send that around to the whole firm so they know that it's went out to whatever mailing list, and then we encourage them to send that along with a personal note to any of their individual contacts who might be interested. Because um, I think a lot of times people will pay a little more attention if they get that personal note saying, hey, I, I thought of you when I saw this, just want you to be aware of this and you know, call me if you have any questions. Um, I think that's more meaningful in, in many ways than just getting an email blast. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, you're, you're leading with being helpful as opposed to uh, leading with, with asking for business. Sure. Yeah, yep. there's a book. Uh, Gary Vanderchuk, uh, social media guru, wrote it. I, I haven't re- read it yet. Um, jab, 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 right hook. <laughs> and, 
And ah. so the idea is, you know, give, 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 and then you can ask for, for a sale, yeah. maybe, you know. Um, but most of the time you sh in marketing these days, you want to be, you know, giving away good, helpful information. Absolutely. What are what are some of the practice areas that um, <clears throat> that you guys are focused on with with internet in general? Is or, or everything, or are there are certain ones that seem to do better uh, online? Um, I, I would say it's a little bit of everything. This year, we've done a lot around data privacy and security. Um, it's just as as you are aware, it's just such a hot issue and yeah. so often talked about, and so. We've done a lot this year with content marketing, content marketing around that area within the firm, um, and so we've been doing a lot of speaking and writing and, and various things. But a lot of our online efforts have then been focused on it too, and it of course lends itself well to being talked about online. Um, and so it really, it, we've done well in that area this year. For instance, like on Twitter, if we share an alert on you know, a data breach issue, it often gets picked up really well because that's such a hot search term on Twitter anyway. So um, that's been a widely talked about issue this year. Um, and then we actually just did a labor video and alert on Ebola and concerns for employers, like how should you handle if you have an employee who is exposed to Ebola, and what are the things you can or cannot do um, in the workplace, that kind of thing. So we had some good traction with that, too, mm. when we recently, just because it, it of course, is such a, a widely talked about matter. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, so I would say rather than maybe focusing so much on a specific practice area, like rather than focusing on healthcare in general, we'll try to find the the really hot issues at hand or the things that our clients really are most concerned about and talk about those more narrowly defined issues um, than a specific group. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing uh, true authority marketing. <laughs> That's uh, a, a term that we've been using, and we just we bought the domain name authoritymarketing.com, and we cool. have a yeah, and we have a seminar coming up in in Massachusetts here in November, um, the authority marketing seminar, and it teaches people how to promote their thought leadership and do the things that you just mentioned. So not only with the internet, but um, speaking engagements and writing an offline book as well. So. I commend you for for doing a lot of that. It sounds like you're you're doing great. Thank you so much. Yeah, and so tell us a little bit about uh, uh, your background before we wrap up with uh, uh, Legal Marketing Association and uh, and anything you want to add. Sure. Um, I I have been here at Benish for going on ten years now, and for seven of those years, I've been involved with the board of uh, the Ohio chapter of the Legal Marketing Association. Um, and within our chapter, we've done a couple of initiatives that we're really proud of um, over recent years. We started a partnership with the law schools in Ohio, and in many of them, we have went and done presentations to their students um, to talk about marketing and business development after law school and some of the things that they might, you know, uh, might want to hear about or things that could help them as they make that transition from law school into more of a, a professional environment. 
Um, and then secondly, we're also partnering with Cranes Cleveland Business right now to produce a special section, which will be um, mailed out to their entire readership with their November 17th publication. And um, what we did is our chapter kind of sponsored the whole thing, and we have nine of the law firms here in Northeast Ohio who wrote editorial pieces for that special section, and so it's really kind of a thought leadership piece that our um, LMA chapter helped head up, um, and then all of our, our local firms got the opportunity to have their attorneys be involved in it, so we're really excited about that. Um, we also have been just working on expanding our chapter membership throughout the state. Um, we started as a uh, Northeast Ohio chapter initially, and now we have membership throughout the entire state, and we're continuing to grow down in Cincinnati as well as um, a lot of growth in the Akron area. So a lot of exciting things going on here in Ohio. And, um, yeah. and you, you won an award too, right, the uh, uh, International Rising Star? I did, yes. I was very honored and to have to have been awarded the uh, Rising Star Award this year from LMA International. So, yeah, that's quite, great. Yes, thank you. Nice. No, it sounds to me like it's well deserved. You're you're very knowledgeable on web marketing and marketing in general, and definitely an honor to have you on today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it being on. Yeah, absolutely. And and your website address again. Uh, our website address is www.benesch, B-E-N-E-S-C-H, law.com. All right, great. We'll uh, let you know when these are up on legalmarketingreview.com, and talk to you soon. All right, great. Thank you. All right. See you later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.